God is watching over his word to perform it. As I speak the word, that word is coming to pass because he's watching. Say, God is watching. He's watching. He's watching over his word to perform it. I'm speaking it out, and God's going to perform it. God's timing is perfect. Say, his timing is perfect. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. How many of you know that Jesus has broken down the walls of separation, and he has brought an end to the hostility? Jesus has broken down. I want you to say this with me. He broke down the walls of separation and the walls of hostility. He has purchased our victory by his blood. The blood of Jesus was enough. His blood is what purchased your victory. Amen? So we've been reconciled. I've been reconciled through him, through his blood. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Turn to John 4. Turn to John 4, 7. We're going to start in verse 7. But tonight I want to I bring a message tonight about Jesus and the Samaritan woman at the well. We're, we're going we're gonna to jump right on into the story. Jesus and the Samaritan woman at the well. I'm sure you've read it many times. Thank you, Father, for the revelation. Thank you, Lord God, for what you show us. Thank you, Father God, for the newness. Thank you that you give us eyes to see and ears to hear, Father God. I thank you that there's no blinders in this room because, Lord God, you have freed us. You have liberated us because whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Is that not true? That is true. That is true. Say that is true. So I'm free. I'm free to serve him. I'm free to obey him. I'm free to live for him. Amen. Not free to be lawless. I'm free to obey him. I'm free to walk in my high calling as I seek his face. Seek his face. Jesus crossed a number of barriers which normally would have separated a Jewish man from speaking openly with a woman at that day in time, okay? He, Jesus was coming against many cultural norms. He was speaking to a woman publicly. This woman happened to be a Samaritan, and she was a sinner. So Jesus, in this story, we're going to read it in a minute, but Jesus crossed a number of cultural barriers, but say, but he is God and he's right. There's no mistake in him. His word is true. His word is eternal. And God doesn't make mistakes. Amen. Are we all on the same page? Yes. Okay. Amen. The fact that Jesus would even speak to a woman in public definitely defied the laws of the land. It defied culture. It defied customs. It defied traditions. But let me tell you, if it doesn't line up with the heart of God and the purposes for which Jesus was sent, then it's just man's ways, and we're going to walk in God's ways and not just man's ways. Now, stay with me. According to the culture of that time, men were not to greet nor speak to a woman in public. Now, to us, that's crazy. To us in our culture, we don't even understand that, or most people don't even understand that. But you go to some cultures still today, now, this is still a practice that is understood very, very clearly. In our minds, we're like, what? Are you kidding? Oh, no. Oh, no. This is the culture of the time. Men were not supposed to greet publicly a woman in public. It was a, a taboo, no-go, right? But Jesus not only spoke openly to a woman, but he spoke to her about theology, which was unheard of. Jesus asked, he said, Jesus asked a Jew, 
okay? Gee, I'm sorry, Jesus, as a Jew, asked to drink from this Samaritan's woman's bucket, which was considered to be unclean. Samaritans were considered to be unclean. Anything that they possessed were considered to be unclean according to the Jewish traditions. So Jews, they considered Samaritans and all their belongings to be unclean because uh, they considered them to be half-breeds because they had intermarried with the Assyrians, which were wicked, wicked people, but they had intermarried. And so that meant that Jews would look at these Samaritans as you are half-breed, you're unclean. We don't even, especially a man to a woman, don't even, don't even talk to you. So I want you to get this before we just jump into the story, because if you don't have that understanding of the background, then it's, it's not going to mean as much. When the disciples return, and I'm going to get to the middle of the story, but I want to get to the end first. When the disciples return to the well, you can go to John 4, 27. John 4, 27. Because at the very end of this story, when the disciples returned to the well, they marveled that Jesus was talking to a woman. I'm just saying this now because I want to make the point of what I've already established is, is that this was a thing that wasn't done. See, here I'm going to read it. 27, 427. It says, at this point, his disciples came and they marveled that he talked with a woman. Yet no one said, what do you seek? Or why are you talking with her? They didn't dare ask the questions, but they were all marveling. What are you doing? Why are you talking to her? See, Jesus did not devalue, he did not demoralize, and he did not discriminate against women. He liberated them and he affirmed them. See, Jesus, you know, there's, there's no male nor female. We know Galatians, Galatians 3.28, there's no male, there's no female. There's no Greek, there's no Jew, free nor slave. In the kingdom of God, we are what? We are one. We are equal. We are one. But in this day, this was the tradition, and that they, that they stuck with the tradition, right? But, that's, but see, this was not the heart of God. Jesus didn't dismiss her just because she was unmarried at the time, living with a man, and she had previously had five husbands. Like I said, she was a woman, she was a Samaritan, and she was a sinner. Instead, he asked her to let him drink from her vessel. Give me a drink. Go to John 4, 7. Let me go to the beginning of this story. Come on, this was unconventional. This was unorthodox, and it was uncustomary. This did not happen. So when you turn to John 4, 7, we're going to read it. John 4, 7 a woman of Samaria came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. And then this woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. But you know what? Look, look at verse 10. Jesus answered her and he said, if you knew, say if you knew, if you knew the gift of God, do you know the gift of God that you actually carry yourself? Do you know the gift of God? If you knew the gift of God, who it is, who is asking you, who is saying to you, 
give me a drink. He said, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water, not just a drink, but he would have given you living water. Come on, that is powerful. Hallelujah. You know, some, some of us have been drinking from broken down cisterns, deteriorating reservoirs, and decaying containers. Decaying containers. What is she talking about? Turn to Zechariah 9. Turn to Zechariah 9, 10 and 11, or 11 and 12. This is what it says. It says, because of the blood of your covenant, I will set your prisoners free from the waterless pit. The waterless pit is also, in other translations, an empty cistern. An empty cistern. Some of your loved ones are drinking from empty cisterns. They're drinking from wells that are decayed. They're drinking from deteriorating reservoirs. They don't understand. And so it's like Jesus is saying, he says, I'm going to set your prisoners free. I am coming and I have, it's like I'm carrying life, living water, living water. Do you have living water in this room tonight? Every one of you carry the living water. Amen. You carry the living water. Amen. Yes. When we go back to our story, John 4, verse 13, Jesus answered her and says, Whoever drinks from this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. He will never thirst. When you drink of the living water that I give, you will never thirst again. But shall become in him a fountain of water springing up to everlasting life. A fountain of water. So Jesus is sitting here. He's talking to this woman. His disciples, when they come back, they're like, what are you doing? But Jesus, who knows all, he sees the heart. He is God. He is Lord. He is God all by himself. Doesn't need man's approval. Doesn't need the culture of the time to give him a high five and out a boy. You're right on target. Because he had the approval of his father. And he knew he was always in sync with what the father was doing. The heart of God. We still have this in this day. Maybe not in some other, maybe not like some other cultures, but we still do have this mentality this day in this culture. But I'll tell you, it's not the heart of God. It's not the heart of God at all. What did Jesus do with this woman? I mean, three different things. But Jesus was offering her something. He was offering her eternal life. He was saying, I want to give you what many of these people all around you don't even have. And they think they have the truth, but they don't. They're too blinded by their own ideas, by their own traditions. Don't be blinded by your own traditions. Seek the heart of God. Seek the heart of God. Amen? We got to seek God's heart. We got to know what he is saying and what his word truly speaks. So Jesus was telling her to stop drinking. Let me tell you something. Right she, she's offering him some water, and he took it which was also unheard of because here she's drinking from a container that Jews would see that as polluted. But yet Jesus is, doesn't, he doesn't do that. So he doesn't do that. He who sees the heart, he sees your heart. He sees your stains. He sees your sins. But he says, I'm drawing you unto me. I don't push you away. I'm drawing you to my heart. Will you come? 
Will you drink from the right well? Will you come? This is what he's telling us today. So he was telling her to stop drinking from an inferior well. He says, I am the Messiah, and I am offering you wells of life. He's offering wells of life. In John 7, 37, this is what Jesus said. He said, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Let him come to me and drink. And he says, he says, you know, I need you to detach from the wrong, and I want you to attach from the right. Do you know he's still saying this today? I want you to detach from the wrong, and I want you to attach from the right. Even after Jesus is your Lord and you've received salvation, there are still times you need to detach from the wrong and attach from the right in your actions, in your ideology, in your beliefs, in your thinking. There are times you need to just detach from what God is saying. This is not correct. But I want you to stand firm, and I want you to see the truth, and I want you to go forth, and I want you to hear what I am saying. He's come to set you free. See, he's come to set me free. And I'm not letting anybody rob me of that freedom. Are you going to let anybody rob you of that freedom? Absolutely not. Hallelujah. So let, let's go on here. So what are you drinking from? What are you drinking from? What well are you drinking from? We're drinking from the well of Jesus Christ, eternal life. In John 7, 38, he says, he who believes in me, as the scripture has said, he said, will flow out of his heart living waters. There are living waters that are flowing out of your heart. Do you know that every single time, that every day you wake up, you have living waters flowing out of your heart, out of you. There's a well. It's not a stagnated pool of water, but a well. But do you know that you can allow that, this, this rivers of living water to become so stagnant? You can, let, you can let it become stagnant. We could do that. Don't do it. That's a warning to not do that. Stay connected to the vine. Let Jesus continue. Let him stir your heart. Be passionately in love with him. Because as you do, you'll, you'll see, it, you know, the waters, they just start to flow out of you, saturated in his living water. You become a channel of spiritual refreshing for others. Say, I'm a channel of spiritual refreshing for other people. Flowing rivers of living water, they flow out of me to others. They're flowing out of you to others. They're flowing out of you to somebody else. Turn to your neighbor and say, the rivers of water that I have within me, they flow out of me. They are a blessing because it's Jesus in me. Because it's a Jesus. It's Jesus, is it not? It's Jesus in me. It's the spirit of truth. It's the spirit of truth. It's the spirit of truth. And it flows out of you if you let it. It flows out of you because you're called to be a blessing everywhere you go. Men and women, we are called to be a blessing. We are called to be God's handmaidens, picked, chosen, set apart, and consecrated for the king. Every one of you. And you all have a calling. Every one of you. I read Jeremiah 1.5. You have a calling. God knows you. He knows your name. He knows everything about you. He's not pushing you away. He's calling you forward. He's saying, deal with the sin. He didn't approve of the sin, but he didn't let that be the thing to keep the distance. There is no wall. He, he tore down that wall. His blood made a way. Amen. And we have to know this. 
We have to know that it is the blood of Jesus Christ. How do you come? By the blood of the Lamb. What is your, what is your testimony? My testimony. I'm going to speak forth my testimony. And it's because of that testimony and the blood of the Lamb that the devil is under my feet. He's under your feet. He's under your feet. Men and women of God. This woman at the well, she receives this water, but she didn't just keep it to herself. She goes, she runs, and she tells all these, she tells her people. She becomes an evangelist. She goes running and telling her people, hey, come and see. I met a man that told me everything that I've done. Come, come in here, come and find out. Let's read that scripture. Thank you, Father. Because it's so powerful. John 4, 39. You can put that up. She introduced Jesus. Come and see this man that's told me everything that I have done. And it says many Samaritans came to faith in Christ. This is a big deal. Many Samaritans came to faith in Christ. I, I already explained, explained to you how they were considered half-breed, okay? They, they were shunned. But here, many believed because of the word that this woman testified. You guys, this is not a he-she thing. This is not a he-she thing. Those of you that know me know that about me. What did Jesus see in this person? Well, no, what did Jesus see in this, in this woman? He saw a person. Give me a break. He saw an individual. That's the problem. The problem is, is that today, people will see you in the light of whatever lens they're used to seeing you through. But when Jesus saw her, he didn't sit there and go, well, that's a woman, so I'm going to talk over here to these guys. He saw a person. He saw a person, every one of you, people of God, sons and daughters of Abraham. Come on, you are people of God. The spirit of the living God lives and dwells within you. You're called and you're anointed and you're appointed. God has consecrated you. It means he sets you apart for such a time as this. For you to go forth, to receive what he has done in your life, to get it, to say, Lord, transform me by your precious Holy Spirit, by your precious Holy Spirit. You fill me, fill me up, heal my heart. Any, any stinking thinking that's in there, Lord God, I give you permission to change it. I don't want to be stuck in some cultural norm if it's not Christ. I mean, if it's Christ, that's fine. But if it's not, I don't want to be stuck in some some ideology that's not of truly of the heart of God. So we have to ask the Lord these questions. And let me tell you, scales start to fall off. Scales start to fall off. Here we have these Samaritans, a whole bunch of them. They receive. Many Samaritans, they receive because they believed in what this word, what this woman said. It's powerful. It is so powerful. So let me just, I'm going to probably end with this, but it says there, I wrote this down. There is no inferior host for his presence. You know, we, we love to host the presence of, of the Holy Spirit and we do. He lives within us. We're carriers of his presence, right? Of his holiness, of his, we are carriers. So we're vessels. If we are vessels of God, there is no inferior host. Think about that for a minute. There is no 
You have a supreme ranking, and you do not. You carry his presence. You're a host of his presence. I want you to say that over yourself. I host his presence. There's no inferior presence. There is no inferior host. Oh, Jesus, 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 awaken, 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 wherever it, they need to be awakened. Father, I thank you for the truth of your word that sets us free. The truth of his word sets us free. He is truth. There's no lie in him. He is truth, author and perfecter of our faith. He's the one that carries us through those difficult times. He shows us the way to go. He says, you know what? Yeah, I, you know, I, I can't, I'm not going to force somebody to do what they should do, but I'll tell you what, you keep your eyes on me, and I'm going to make sure that I take care of you. I will take care of you. I will, you just keep your eyes on me. I will take care of you. He's going to take care of you. Hallelujah. This is an important word. This is an important word that we receive this in our spirit, man, right now, right now, right now, that we are carriers of his presence and that the living water flows out of us. We're not stagnated pools, but yet there's a river. Say, there's a river flowing out of me. Spring up, oh well, spring up. You got to speak to that well. Sometimes you just need to let the praise come out of your mouth, and the praise is what's going to let that well spring up. You got to let the well spring up. We just got to let the freedom of the king that already set us free. We actually have to walk like free people instead of dead men walking bound. We're not going to be dead men walking bound. We're free. The son sets you free. He's made you free. You're free indeed. Free to love him. Free to serve him. Free to obey him. Free to give him glory. Free to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Free to be a carrier of his presence. Free to lay hands upon the sick and watch them recover. Come on, we're free. We're supposed to be casting out demons. We're so, when this is what we walk in, and in this church, that's how you're taught. And in this church, that's what you believe. And in this church, that's what we do. Why? Because let me tell you, the kingdom of God is here. The kingdom of God is right here, right now, and it's advancing, and it's in us, but we also release it. Every one of you. There's no junior Holy Spirit. And there's no junior person in this, in this house. There's no inferior host in this house. I hope I'm making myself clear. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Okay, well, I said that was probably going to be it, but I think this is going to be it. Isaiah 44.3, thank you. Isaiah 44.3. Because the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth and he's the living water in you. For I will pour out, he says, for I will pour out water, the Holy Spirit. I will pour out water on him who is what? I love to be thirsty for the Lord. And then he fills me up. But then I still hunger and thirst and yearn for the more of him. So he says, I will pour out. He says, I will pour water on him who is thirsty and floods on the dry ground. Okay, now, now think about those that you're praying for, because he's promising us something here. He says, I will pour my spirit on your descendants. And we stand on that scripture, don't we? And my blessing on your offspring. Because there's a hunger that we have as believers that's, that's different. That hunger is, oh, we've tasted and we've seen. And we want more. 
We've tasted and we've seen of your glory, your goodness, your delight, your favor, your mercy, your grace. We've tasted. We've seen. And we want more. But then there's a hunger. There's, then there's a, a dryness that God is saying, I'm going to revive the dead because they're still dead. See, you're not dead. You're just, you're hungry for more, right? But in this scripture, he says, I'm going to pour water on him who is thirsty. Well, that's a lot of our, our loved ones, right? But he says, I'm going to pour water on them. I'm going to make them thirsty. Any dry ground, he says, I'm going I'm to pour my water. I'm pouring my spirit on your descendants and my blessing on your offspring. So I water, he says, the water that I give will become in you will become in you. Okay, we're going to go back there because I didn't make that point. And it's important. Amen. Verse 14, John 4. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst, will never thirst. In other words, be hopeless. But he, it says, but the water that I shall give him will become in him that water is becoming in you a fountain it's in you the fountain is where it's in you he says yeah he says but but the water that i shall give to him will become in him so it's in me and it's a fountain of water that's springing up to everlasting life. Oh, I thank you for the, the water that you put on the inside of us. That water is the Holy Spirit. That water is the spirit of truth. That water is the spirit, the Holy Spirit, your comforter. The Holy Spirit, your teacher, your friend. Your, come on. It's the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. He says, I'm going to be in you, a fountain flowing out of you. We're to be fountains. Let the fountain of his presence flow out of us. Let the fountain of his truth flow out of us. Let the fountain, let who he is, the essence of the Lord your God flowing out of you because he's in you. So you can just read that scripture. You can read right on by and miss such an important, such an important point that he is in. That fountain will flow out because he is in. The water of his presence 